I want to talk about tonight, we're going to talk about a lot about finances and how to got, steward godly finances and why being uh, talking about finances is something that we shouldn't be afraid of and it's something that God has empowered us to do. And, um, and, I, and I believe that finances are a big part of our, of our life, of our Christian walk. And um, I've, I don't know many people who, who don't have to work out finances. Is there anyone who never talks or needs to do anything with finances? Because, all right, everyone, right? It, it, it touches everyone. And, um, and I found even personally that, that finances can be this like fear barrier. And, um, and that oftentimes we, we allow God in so many parts of our lives and our spiritual walk and, and how we connect with God. But, but when it comes to things in financial areas, we kind of are like, I don't even want to look in it, God. I'm too scared. Like, I can't even get it sorted right now. I just, I'm just going to keep trucking along and praying that things work out. And, um, and prayer is good for sure. But the reality is God has answers to your problems. He's got solutions, and uh, and there's ways that you can bring those solutions. I I remember, um, you know, finance, you know, trouble in finances doesn't just affect what we would consider poor. It affects people in all areas of life, in all levels of um, uh, society. I, and I was in a, one of the most richest counties in um, Virginia. I was ministering out there, building relationship with the church out there. They have one of the biggest food pantries in the state. And it was in the biggest county, uh, the, one of the richest counties. And literally, uh, the churches that, uh, the, the houses that were around the churches were McMansions. Like they were pumping these mansions out. And, you know, it's like a massive house, one of the biggest houses I've seen. And there's a little bit of space. And then there's another massive house. It looks just like the same one, different color. But they're big. And I'm going, and I said, why do you guys, you're one of the richest counties. You're one of the, and they said, well, most of the people around us, not most, but many, are house poor. And I said, well, what's that mean? They said, well, they actually finance so much of their house and they had, you know, they, and then the recession hit and they were stuck paying. They still pay all their bills, but what's left over, they have nothing for their, for food. And so the church is actually feeding a lot of the families around that were what they considered house poor. And, um, and so I, I, want to break that poverty mindset. I think as Christians, we need to be one of the, the signs and wonders of the area and of the city. When people see a Christian's life, that they say, wow, this person went from brokenness to wholeness in every area. You know, the word for peace means um, nothing missing. The word for peace, shalom, in, in, in Hebrew, uh, literally means nothing missing, nothing broken, total wholeness. That's what it means. And, uh, and when, so when you say peace to you, to you in your house, it's like not just the outside looks okay, but also the inside. And so many of us, we have a lot of great things going for us. Maybe our relationship with God is strong. We have things that are, that are right with our marriage. And, but financially, we might be in a bit of a mess or it might be chaotic. And even if those things aren't something that are an issue right now, it's always good to have godly biblical principles so that you know how to tackle when things might go awry. Is this okay to talk about? You guys okay? You guys look like deer in headlights. It's okay though. Um, it's just me. I just got to get over it. Um, and so I just want to, I want to um, have us have a conversation about this tonight. And uh, you know, they say the two most important times 
to plant a tree is 20 years ago. That's your first most important time to plant a tree is 20 years ago and today. So uh, whether you feel like it's too late, it's not too late. Whether you feel like it's too much of a mess, it's not too much of a mess. I want to break the lies that the enemy tries to speak over you. They keep you discouraged. They keep you bound. They keep you like, I, I made this problem and now I'm stuck in it and I deserve my mess. It's like, no, you've made that problem. You might be stuck in it, but Jesus is with you in the problem. He's going to get you out. And he's brought a family together to help get you out of it. And so I brought the beautiful, amazing Bob Harrington here this evening to have a discussion about it. Uh, Bob's uh, been a member of our congregation for many years. Um, here's a, he, he has owned a successful business for 20 years. Before that, he was in uh, uh, his vocation was in the telecom industry and and uh, he's been teaching uh, Financial Peace University for 20 years after uh, he uh, got out of the business industry. I'm sure he still does stuff in business. But um, when he sold his business, he'd been doing uh, FPU for 20 years since then. He also is married to the lovely Pat Harrington, his better half, who's sitting in the audience. Bob has five grandkids, five kids, 12 grandkids, and 12 great-grandkids. So he's a man of inheritance. And um, one of the things I think is awesome about Bob that many people don't know is, is he is the seven-time sprint, mini sprint car champion of New Mexico. Six in New Mexico, one in Indiana. Is that right? So we have a champion among us this evening. So, um, so I'm just going to ask Bob a few questions. And, and Bob, did I leave anything out? Not yet. <laughs> so gracious. Um, well, Bob, you know, how did you get started in all this? I mean, you, you, you've owned a successful business, but, you know, why Financial Peace University? Why would, why would you be drawn to something like this? Okay, well, um, after I sold that business that I had for 20 years, I had another business that took me to the southern part of the state, uh, down around Roswell and Hobbs and you know, down in the oil patch. And um, when I was driving around down there, if anybody here has been there, you know that the towns are a little bitty and they're way far apart. So to amuse myself when I was driving from one place to the other, I'd try to listen to the radio. And out there you cannot always get rock and roll, but you can always get talk radio. And since that's essentially West Texas, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> Whether the governor likes it or not, it's West Texas. Anyway, <laughs> Dave Ramsey, which is Financial Peace University, is really big in um, those areas. And so I would listen to the same Dave Ramsey radio show two or three times a day sometimes. Got interested in it. Sounded like it would make a really good um, addition to uh, for me and Pat. Uh, and they were having a live show in Phoenix and I convinced Pat to go. We went we got enthused, we bought the, the uh, package, the FPU package found a church here that was that was uh, presenting it and it was the second class ever done in Albuquerque, New Mexico and uh, so we went through that started following what we had learned and it was making so much difference not only in our financial life but actually 
in as a relationship or in our relationship. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, I thought it would be great to bring it to New Life City. I introduced it to Alan. He said, let's do it. And until we moved to Indiana, we, we, were, doing it, we were doing it about every year. Um, we did it back there for the church we were involved with there. And then when we came back, Alan, um, literally in the same breath as he was telling me he was glad I was back, said, can you do FPU again? I thought I'd put him off for a little bit. I said one condition that the whole uh, staff of New Life City goes through it before we introduce it to the congregation, and he called my bluff. So we had it for them, and then we had it for the congregation, and it's been about every two years since then. So um, it made such a difference in our life. We get unsolicited testimony frequently from folks that go to this church, and um, it's full of information that if you can get a hold of these principles and put them into play, and we're going to help you do that um, from at any point in your life. But I see a lot of young people over here. If we can get you to come to this class, you guys are invited. If you grab a hold of these, these concepts and follow them, it will bring you peace to go with your spiritual peace. It's hard to stay focused on on your family and on your on peace that we're promised if the wolf's at the door all the time. And this is going to help keep that away. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and as a pastor, um, you know, we I do pastoral meetings and meet so many different people. And um, finances are a big part of often the chaos in their life. And, um, and it, it was a, a, a chaotic uh, thing for me in my life at, at moments. And um, I always found that getting back to the principle was, uh, especially of what we learn in Financial Peace University, uh, really helped facilitate healing in, in the financial aspects of my life. And, um, and, and I think that's, that's what really helps. And I, and I just encourage you guys, as we're talking, I, I want faith to build in your heart for whatever financial things you want to overcome, uh, that God can overcome it. And, uh, and hopefully it encourage you to to um, also take part in, in this with us as a church and as a city. Um, all right, so Bob, you took it. Uh, I know that, you know, even being a business owner, um, you you still saw that financial peace. I mean, you were in business. Why would you need financial peace? University? Why would you and Pat need that? I mean, weren't you? Well, uh, Pat and I were blessed. Uh, when we started going together and when we were first married, uh, we had corporate jobs where we were grossly overpaid. And... Um, we had a business for 20 years that did pretty well. And, um, but we weren't taught um, really the Lord's way to, to manage money or actually any way to manage money. My folks didn't teach us. Most of the people in here, their, their parents probably didn't give them much instruction. You certainly don't learn it in the schools. And not banging on any particular church, but churches don't teach it either. Um, the only time you hear about it quite often, uh, and this is just in church, church in general, is when they get ready to build a new wing or buy a new bus or put in a new sound system or some such thing. Um, which we all need. Which we all need. We'll but, that, but that's the only time they want to talk about it. To be fair, you can't teach this stuff from the pulpit. It's, it's, uh, 
it, it has to be done on a personal level, and, and there's too many elements that can't be done in a 30-minute sermon. Um, and that's, you know, another reason why we, we wanted to bring it uh, to New Life City and to keep it going here, um, is to uh, take that load off um, our spiritual leader. Uh, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, I think. Uh, I'm just so grateful uh, that Paul is here. And he, he is our new, um, I guess, head. Yeah, he's the boss. He's, he's the head of the family here at New Life City. And he has seen um, and understands why his family needs to know this. Um, I'm not sure the exact quote, but it, it's in the Bible. Somebody can help me out. About a wise man or a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean money or real estate or fancy cars or jewelry or, or, or whatever. Um, it means that you leave them the wisdom, um, it, it, that you pass down the wisdom um, that we're going to be teaching. Um, if you left your kid, if your kids are idiots about money and you leave them a lot of money, then you've got kids, idiot kids with money. Um, for a you, short time. Yeah, for a short time. <laughs> um, so we, uh, we want to make sure we pass that down before we worry about actual wealth. Well, I know you have, you, you, you have stats about this, but why, why do you think everyone else should take? You know, that, you and Pat sorted it out and found your spending, and so you got these, these budgets down and all that stuff, but what about everyone else? Well, uh, going back to just Pat and myself, and then we've also become counselors through the Dave Ramsey organization. Um, we have we know uh, per, personally firsthand that getting a handle and being able to communicate to each other in a relationship about your finances and your financial goals is one of the best things you can do for your marriage. It's almost more marital counseling than it is financial counseling. So there's that. The other thing is that the we feel that it's important um, to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the Dave Ramsey um, little movies that we watch, and I couldn't find it to play it tonight, he ends it by asking, what do you think the kingdom of God would look like if God's people managed their resources uh, or stewarded their resources the way that God asked them to. Imagine that. And we're going to cover some statistics here that will it may amaze you, makes me mad, because it hasn't changed in the 20 years we've been doing this. In fact, it's gotten worse. But it's important um, for us to get a handle on this because it's going to give us um, the peace that we deserve. The Lord has promised us peace. A good part of it, we're we're insured, we're promised to have that when we cross over. But in the meantime, we have to live in this earth. Right. And it's a whole lot easier if we follow his direction than if we ignore it. Awesome. That's good. So, um, so sh- share some of these statistics. When you told me, I was, I was blown away. But uh, I think we have a slide here for, for us all to read. Do the statistics. Okay. What's um, pretty disheartening um, that in the United States, which is the richest country by far in the world, that 78% of American families live paycheck to paycheck. 
And a side note of that is, is that about half of those are really one month from being homeless if, they, if their income stream gets interrupted for a whole month. 89%, 89%, almost 90% of the households in the United States cannot cover a $1,000 emergency without borrowing money. 50% of Americans have no retirement savings at all. And about half of the, the Americans that have put money away have less than $10,000 put away for, uh, for retirement. Wow. The student loan situation is really unfortunate. It's unnecessary and it's gotten out of hand. The average student loan uh, payment right now is $394 a month. There's 44 million people that, own, that owe money through the student union program and 9 million of those are in default. And a real quick bang on student loans, it is the worst thing that ever happened to education in the United States. And it is the most predatory loan in the world. You, the only way to get out of a student loan is to die. And I'm not kidding. Or pay it off. But or pay it off. Right, yeah. Just and it, give and some it, hope here. Yeah, there's right. you know, a little hope. Yeah. Well, a lot of people do. But it, but it but takes... You but can't, you can't get out of it through bankruptcy. You can't get out of it through... Nope. And if you coast, never co-sign for a loan for anybody, period, ever. But if you co-sign for the student loan... Here's another statistic about that. 40% of the people that take out student loans don't even get the degree that they were going after. Mm. But they owe the money anyway. Right. So the average new car payment is $554. Um, and... I know people tell me all the time I use credit cards and I pay them off at the end of the month and I know that 47% of them just across the board are not telling me the truth when they talk to me about that. <laughs> um, it just doesn't happen. So that's some of the statistics and, and we know that there's people in here that are on, you know, on, the, on the good side of these statistics and some of the folks in here may recognize themselves in some or all of these situations. And, and this makes sense why in one of the richest counties in Virginia, which is one of the richest states in the nation, uh, when you have 78% of families living paycheck to paycheck and 89% can only cover, uh, can't cover a $1,000 emergency, uh, when their income stream does get interrupted, they need to borrow money for, they need to buy, they need to go get groceries from the church, which is, which is, you know, it's mind boggling. But there's, there's even more, I think. Um, yeah, is there's there another, another page to the statistics. Is this shocking to anyone so far? Yeah? Yeah. It's, and let me just tell you, we've been doing this for 20 years, and it's gotten worse on a national basis. There was a time when, when we were saving a little more money, but that's kind of gone out the window, too. <clears throat> and, this, things, and this is also why COVID, emergency COVID funds were such a big deal, because no one had any savings. Correct. Right. Yeah. They needed to to not stop that income stream. So go ahead. So when we talk about, and I, I kind of, queued that up a little bit about what would the kingdom look like if the people of God, you know, uh, did kind of what they're asked for, or asked to do. This is depressing to me. Of the people that go to church on a regular basis, and that means two and a half times a month, okay, uh, on average, only about 4% actually tithe. An additional 5% will give on a regular basis. About 40% of the people that go to church on a regular basis will give occasionally. 
and nearly 50% never give anything. And that's now, because they're just really mean people. Well, I, I think so. No, no. Yeah, no. and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna send Guido over to your house and collect. Yeah. Um, no, from, from doing this, a lot of the, well, sometimes it, it's a situation of the heart. Sometimes it's a situation that they don't know that they're, uh, you know, uh, they don't know why you give money uh, into the kingdom. They don't know what it goes for. Mm -hmm. But a good portion of those people that don't give anything or that only give occasionally are trying to give off of the bottom. Right. They run out of money before they run out of month, every month. And so rather than when we talk about faith, um, you do it up front, you do it first. And then you, you know, you align your spending uh, down line from that, uh, eliminate the, uh, you know, the unnecessary things and, and so on. And then uh, there, there would be money. The, the fact of the matter is, and I, you know, I, I get a little callous about it, but if you tell me you can't live on 90%, I'm going to tell you you're probably not doing a good job on 100%. Um, but anyway... Those are some statistics. And I was just kidding earlier. You guys aren't mean. I was just saying, if those people are mean, it's just, I, I was just putting the point in the fact that it's, it's obviously because they don't have the funds, mostly. Yeah, they, they, they don't, they, yeah. they don't think mostly. they have the money. Yeah, right. They just don't think. Yeah. And, and John, is there another slide or is there only two for, for two stats? For statistics, I think. For, okay. So, um, so I, I have a degree, a ministry degree, and, and went to seminary, but I'm going to ask you, because you're the finance guy, um, I know that scriptures say a lot about finances. What, what did you pull from your experience and the financials uh, when it comes to scripture? Because this is more than just like good ethics. This is actually something the Bible really talks about a lot. Yeah, it's, it's actually in there. And uh, so... Um... The Bible, according to my sources, um, mentions finance over 800 times. It's far more than it mentions anything else, way more. And if we're half wrong, it's still way out in the lead. Um, now, some of them, to be fair, are fairly obscure. You have, to, you, know, you have to want it to be about finance before it makes sense. So I've only pulled out about 200 of those, and we're going to go through them tonight. So... <laughs> Surprise. Is that all right? <laughs> Actually, uh, can you bring up the next the one about uh, the Bible? No. Yeah. Well, that. that's good, too. That's pretty good. Fill it out. <laughs> okay. Um, what we're going to learn in financial peace is um, it's going to be centered around five main principles. Uh, and there's other verses that, that underscore this. But the very first one is the one that I, I put under take care of your family. It's Timothy 5.8. And it says, and this is pretty harsh, and I mean it to be, anyone who does not provide for their uh, relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than a non-believer. Mm. That's pretty hard. And yet, a lot of people that sit in church week in and week out um, aren't taking care of their family, even though they've got the new dirt bike and the big fancy pickup truck and the biggest screen television you can have 
and all that other things because they are financing every single thing that they bring into the house. And they believe that because they can make the payments in their current situation, that they can afford all of this stuff. And really what they're doing, um, in my opinion, and it's more than just me, is that they're teaching their children to worship false idols and ignore the other four um, principles that we're going to um, uh, cover here. So providing for your family, of course, means putting a, a roof over their head and, and food on the table. But it also means teaching your children in the way that they should go. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't have anything against the stuff that I just mentioned. But he really doesn't want this stuff to have you. Amen. And we see time and time again where people are not only house poor, but they're uh, poor in other ways. Car poor. Car poor. <clears throat> and uh, like Pat and I were, uh, when we first started this, we were eating our retirement because we were justifying eating out three times a day, almost every, almost every day. Our McDonald's bill, actually we, we upgraded a little bit, but our, our, eating, our eating out bill was more than our house payment some months. And we had a pretty big house. So, all right, well, moving on. One of the things that, that the Bible says, and it's very, very clear, uh, is about debt. Uh, don't, don't borrow. Uh, Proverbs uh, 22, what is that, 7? Mm -hmm. says, and you've all heard this, the, the rich rule over the poor and the uh, borrower slaves and lender. Um, that is absolutely true. Um, it's true if it's, we're talking about credit cards. It's true if we're talking about car loans. It's true if you loan money to your brother-in-law or you borrow money from your father-in-law or however that works, as soon as the money has to be paid back, as soon as it's a loan, then it changes the dynamic between you and whoever gave you the money. It also changes um, your lifestyle, whether you realize it or not. If you have monthly payments, and I don't care what it's for, if you have monthly payments, it factors into nearly everything that you do. Um, so... And it's kind of like a self-sabotager, you know, because it builds and builds. And without realizing it, your monthly payment ends up being more than you can afford. And so then you're in a whole new mess and and people offer you other loans to pay off the other loans. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's this like it's a it's a what's that quicksand. You know, what's crazy. When I was a kid, I was I swore that I needed to learn how to get out of quicksand because every show there was like a quicksand trap. And um, and I thought I would encounter it. I've never encountered it in my life. It's much more rare than cartoons made it when I was growing up. But the, the type of quicksand that I would say exists is this borrowing and having debt. It's a slowly, the more you get it, the more you, it envelops you. Yeah, yeah it, it can. It, um, it can become like a Ponzi scheme if you start getting a credit card to pay off the other credit card. Um, it, it, it never ends until you make it end. Um, saving for the future, Proverbs 21.20, and we all know that we should be saving for the future, but the Bible tells us to do this. It's not just uh, something Grandma would have passed down. Um, the, the wise store up choice food and oil, 
but the fools gulp theirs down. And I talked about that a little earlier uh, up there under Take Care of Your Family, where a lot of folks just figure if they can make the payments that they can afford it. And the real fact is when it comes to um, borrowing money to buy stuff and then make the payments on it, is that if you can't buy it, you haven't earned it. Now, that's pretty harsh. You may deserve it, maybe in your mind, but you haven't earned it until you've actually earned it. And so we're going we're gonna to try to work towards changing that mindset with the folks that still have it and teach you to be intentional with your uh, income and your outgo. Um, is there another slide there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Big one. Uh, yeah, this is big, and, and um, it covers everybody, or should cover everybody. Um, I won't read the whole thing, but Luke 14, 28 through 34, which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete, uh, uh, complete it. Otherwise, when he has built the foundation... And is not able to finish. I guess I will read the whole thing. Uh, all, all who see him begin to mock him. Um, God, and there's there's probably more on planning in the Bible than uh, a lot of a lot of the other issues. Um, you must make a plan, and plans can be changed. Uh, we don't chisel them in stones. Not Moses coming down from the mount. Um, but you make a plan, and you make that plan with your spouse. You make that plan with, with your kids. You make it. Um, you make plans, and then you take steps to 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 fulfill those plans. And so, whether we're talking about future purchases, um, like that F three fifty pickup, or the big screen TV, um, or your home, or your retirement, you you plan to uh, you plan to do those things. You put money aside. And um, and then the last one, and we've—I don't want to beat this one to death, but do, do you have another one? Yeah. The Bible does tell us to give, and uh, Deuteronomy, what is it, fifteen ten? Give generously to Him, and do so without a grudging heart. Um, when we go back to the people that, that aren't giving anything, some of them don't realize that that applies to them as well. But a lot of folks that do give are taking away from something else because they don't have the plan, they don't have the, the money management skills, and um, they, they might give grudgingly. They, they can't give, they can't be a, a cheerful giver. Right. And what we're going to do is, is teach you to take care of all those other things so you can take care of this. Yeah, and I find entering into a budget, you know, in that, that number four planner budget can be one of the scariest things at first, but also one of the most relieving and freeing things once you get done it because you do have that plan. And then you can incorporate ways to give and um, and feel great about it because you're not giving going like, oh, I hope this works out in the end of the month. But you're giving because you're like, yeah, I've I've set this aside and and I want to give it to the Lord or give it to a mission or give it to, you know, uh, someone in need. Um, this is this is freeing. This is what freedom is. 
and, uh, and, and it's so biblical. And so I'm so glad that, that you're doing this. Um, so obviously you went through these five points, Bob. I, I know we're, we're, we have just a little bit of time left. Um, why Financial Peace University? Okay, well, what Financial Peace University does, there's other programs out there that do it as well. And in our heart or in our mind, um, we know what we're supposed to be doing. The Bible says an awful lot about what we're supposed to be doing, but it doesn't actually tell us how to do it. Real short on details. Um, And so what Financial Peace University does is it gives us not only the education to what we're supposed to be doing, but it gives us some education and it gives us actual tools so we can walk this out. Um, Things like like insurance and... uh, I, I say mutual funds, but investing were even covered in the Bible. But yeah. the way it was done then is way different than what, what we have now. So as we go through financial peace, we're going to learn how to budget. We're going to learn, first off, we're going to learn to determine exactly what our income is because you'd be surprised how many people don't even know that. Uh, we're going to determine, uh, we're going to do a budget so we know where the money went because, um, if you don't tell your money where to go, it'll get up and walk out. I mean, there's no, no, no two ways around that. Um, beyond the budgeting, we're going to learn about um, uh, getting out of debt, staying out of debt. We're going to get some really good information about how to ward off. We're going to put on a suit of armor so that we're able to ward off, um, I guess, the enemy. We are the most marketed to people on the, on the planet. And some of the marketing, uh, especially when it concerns credit, but some of the marketing is just flat a lie. Some of it is not, but we still get caught up in the gotta have it, gotta have it now. Um, so we're going to, we're going to help you put on some armor. We're going to give you some information about how to, how to, how to, get around that, how to ward it off, not fall in, mm-hmm. into those things. Yeah. Um, we're going to teach you, to, where's the slide with everything on it? <clears throat> Financial peace is the center of what we're going to be doing, but there's some other information that we're going to be doing concurrently because it's important to have the whole, the, the whole package. We're going to start... Um, with a prerequisite called Jumpstart, and that's going to tell you why you're here, you know, what you're doing, why, why it's important. We're going to do the financial piece, which is the center one up there. That, that's nine weeks, two hours every week, plus some homework. For those who have kids or are going to have kids or have grandkids, thinking about it, whatever, um, where is it? Uh, the, nope, back up. The one that calls uh, Smart Money, Smart Kids. We're going to be walking through that as well, not in class, but uh, outside of class. And that's going to teach you uh, why and how to teach your children the fundamentals and get them started at an earlier age. And it's broken up into age groups, so it covers all the way up to college-age kids. Um, There's a class on budgeting. Budgeting is the cornerstone of this. If you don't have a written budget, you're going to fail, period. There's no other way around it. But a lot of us have never done a budget. We don't know how to do it. So there's a budgeting class that we'll be taking. 
There's a legacy journey that we'll be getting into, and I'll just touch on that. That's how to perpetuate the financial peace uh, process in the congregation going forward so that as a family, we're all rowing in the same direction. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and then there's one that's real quick uh, to uh, how to know your money or know yourself, know your money. We all relate to money differently. And so we'll be taking a look at that because the, the way we grew up or the way that we've grown to consider money uh, has a lot to do with um, the other decisions that we're going to be making. So it's real important to know where you're at there. Yeah, it's so good. Um, you know, and I just want to make clear, uh, we, the church, um, we want to provide this for everyone. Um, and if, if it's something that you feel like, oh, I, I most basically have a lot of stuff under control, but even as an educational experience, it's very good for people. Um, secondly, uh, the church benefits in no way from you taking Financial Peace University. Like, there's no kickback to the church. What we've done, actually, is we've paid for it so that you could sign up for free. I mean, this is like a uh, hundred or so dollars for you to take. Just, just the one class. Just, just for one class um, is a hundred or so dollars for the average person to take this. We, uh, we bought a license to, so that you guys could take it for free. Because, in my opinion, being whole, be, having peace, is not just having peace because you're reconciled with God, but all the things else that comes with that, like spiritual peace, financial peace, um, emotional, mental peace. So uh, this is something for our church to take advantage of so that we can become whole. All right. And uh, so I encourage you to sign up. I encourage you to take it as a as a, a person attending our church um, and getting the knowledge for it and then also being able to encourage others to do it. Um, because once once we release this after today, um, it's going to be released to the city because I want the city to be free, too. And so anyone in the city who wants to come and take Financial Peace University at our church uh, on Tuesday nights will be able to sign up for free and they get all the tools that come along with it. All the financial tools that you get on, it'll come to you online that normally people would have to pay for. I think the financial tools online add up to like about four, about $400, about $400. That's also free for you. So this isn't any, I'm not trying to sell you on something. I just want, I just trying to clarify here, guys, this is actually, I want you to take it cause I want you to get free. And, uh, and so time for the video uh yeah we'll play a video and then kind of show you how to sign up and then we'll 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 end in prayer okay okay close to 20 years families have been changing their futures through financial peace university i started it with a bad suit and an overhead projector i set the room for 135 people four people came and now today we've had over one and a half million families go through this course that's over two million people across this nation you may be wondering, what is it? What Financial Peace University is about is a return to God's ways of handling money, but in a very practical, step-by-step -step game plan showing you exactly how to do it. FPU is about learning how to control your money. When you make these dollars behave, you're going to get this sense of power over your money that you've never, ever had. Don't move into a home with 62 debts or six debts or, or two debts and no money. You move into a home broke with a bunch of debt around your neck, Murphy will move in your spare bedroom, bring his three cousins broke, desperate, and stupid. Marriages are being made stronger. 
Couples are learning how to talk to each other about money and getting on the same page. The closest statistical correlation to success going through this program are those that actively engage in this budgeting process. And for those that are married, they're doing it together. You change your life when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. When you get disgusted and you have that moment where you say, I've had it. I'm not going to live like this anymore. We're done. We're changing this thing. Talk about the why. Talk about your dreams. Ask your spouse. What would we do? Where would we travel to? What would we buy? What would be changed if we became something as a couple where we were working together on that? Now, man, I'm sure you know this, and we've been talking about it for the last few minutes, but it's very true. Women are different, aren't they? Say yes. One of the things you may or may not know is they have a gland right in here that you don't have. It's called the security gland. And when she is feeling insecure due to money issues, that gland spasms and it is attached to her face. This nine lesson, 90 minute class will challenge you. Now this is a boot camp. I'm your coach. And so I'm going to, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. Sometimes you're going to go home and go, I don't really like him tonight. Now, if I agree with that, which would make you wrong. That's what happens when the coach coaches you, doesn't it? He kind of rubs you the wrong way. There's a little friction on there, right? I've had some good coaches and they lit me up a time or two, but it caused me to go places I couldn't go otherwise. Life change is never easy, but you won't be alone. You'll watch a DVD each week and discuss it with your small group. Your classmates will encourage you and help you take those first steps. You'll walk away from FPU knowing how to relate with money. You'll learn how to pay off debt and save for the future. And you'll learn how to protect your plan. We aren't born knowing everything we need to about money. We learn, and there's no better place to learn than the Word. The Bible offers more than 800 scriptures on money, and Financial Peace University is based on that solid foundation. You are literally going to be doing things every week differently than you ever have based on biblical principles. Uh, things like doing a budget, things like working with your spouse, things like singles having an accountability partner, things like teaching your kids so that a godly man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. It's not theory. This is actual application on everything. What would happen if the people of God started handling money God's ways? What would happen? If the, what would happen to the kingdom of God if the people of God were out of debt? All you need is a plan. Financial Peace University is that plan. Well, I'm super excited. That was a great video. Um, I hope you guys are excited. I hope that um, this will um, entice you to sign up. We have over 100 people, I believe, at this point signed up, including uh, our staff. Um, and so if you want to be a part of this next group, sign up. It's, uh, it's going to be for Tuesday nights uh, starting January 25th. Um, and, uh, and it'll be for nine weeks. Did you want to say something? Yeah. One, one other thing that occurred to me, um, there are some people that have taken the course and they're telling me they don't need to take it. I would just ask you how many times you've read your Bible and got something different, even from the same passages yeah. over and over. Pat and I have been doing this for 20 years. We've given this course in this kind of a setting, probably 16 or 17 times, another 15 or 20 individually with with couples and, and individuals and we learn something every single time so regardless of how many times you've taken it it's a new program and i would encourage you to come take it especially with the added on uh, material you're going to learn something and you're going to learn how to pass it down and so uh, 
the old timers and the newcomers are invited to take this. Yeah, come on. There's um, we're in the digital age now. So uh, if you are interested in doing this out in the lobby, there are QR codes on a table out there. You just scan it with your phone and click the link and it'll put you to our class that you can sign up for. Yeah. And um, and and in uh, also, if that's too confusing for you, you can uh, there'll be somebody out there who will help you walk you through that and uh, maybe and uh, we'll just have faith for that. And uh, but or you can just call the church and we'll send it to you. We'll send you the link or whatnot. So um, but I encourage you to do that. And um, why don't we stand? Child care is provided. We're trying to remove as many obstacles as we can for families to come and do this. So we are going to have child care provided. If you want to bring your children, you have to sign them up so that we know how many, you know, if they have allergies, how many staff workers we might need. So uh, there is a link that will be sent to you when you sign up uh, to, to register your children. So that's a great question. Thank you, Kristen. It's at 7 o'clock, 6.30. I'm really good at this. 6.30 on Tuesdays starting January 25th. You have a mic in your hand. Oh, doors will open. I mean, he wants me to enter. Doors will open about six o'clock. So good. Yeah, you broke it. Okay. Well, let's pray. God, I just thank you for this mighty group of men and women that you've commissioned, God. God, I thank you that there is no financial difficulty that's too great for you. And Lord, I thank you that you choose to co-labor in our success. You choose to co-labor in the fruit in our life. And even though it's all divine, God, I just thank you that you don't just abandon us into your own thing, but you actually choose to use us. And so, Lord, I just thank you. We invite you into every area of our life, including our finances. Lord, I pray that we would get uh, biblical understanding and foundations when it comes to finances and that we would be able to bless so many other people because of the fruit of the life of our, that comes out of these things. And Lord, I pray for your leading, your direction in their life. God, I pray that they have a wonderful, amazing week and that you fill them with your joy and your peace as they follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. Uh, have a great week and we'll see you next week. We'll continue our presence series uh, next week, and I'm excited about that. So bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bob. Give it up for Bob Harrington.